Ave Maria, grazia plena, Dominus Tecum. Welcome back to the Red Text. My name is Voga, and I am Voga Illumisente on Instagram. And I am Rai, aka the Mestizo Mystic on Instagram. Yeah, I'm so happy to have yet another guest on our show um, who's also a friend, like most of our guests. And I would love to introduce y'all to Celeste. And um, Celeste, could you go ahead and give us your name, your pronouns, any social media handles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my name is Celeste Mott. Uh, my pronouns are uh, pronouns. What is that? That's, <laughs> I invented a new word. Uh, pronouns are she, her. Whew, off to a good start. Um, and you can find me mostly uh, shitposting on Instagram at uh, Celeste Mott, M-O-T-T. Um, I have other social media, but we don't really need to talk about that. There's just chaos happening over there. <laughs> mostly Instagram. Just find me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I Celeste is one of my favorite people on there now, honestly. They she is so much fun to follow because sometimes she'll have like an impromptu like live in the middle of the night. It'll <laughs> yes. be like it'll be like eleven o'clock at night and I was like, isn't it like one o'clock where you are? Yep. And I'm just like <laughs> Yeah, and she's just shit talking like on her couch while her while like her Saint Michael candle is going nuts. You know, it's it's I I I have so much fun watching your lives, but also the content that you create is always so much fun to to follow. Um I found you through um I think it was very happenstance. it was very kismet the way that we met yeah. because it was um it was through Mana mm-hmm. who I listened to their episode that you were on and then they mentioned the red text and i was like oh my gosh we we're I, we just follow each other all of a sudden and then we just started talking online that's just like mm-hmm. i said kismet it's sometimes it's nice that way right like the internet and the online spiritual community can be um woof a lot but i think like sometimes we find <laughs> these these delightful little enclaves where it's just wholesome and good and there's like a tiny little circle yeah. of people who are mostly great and wonderful mm-hmm. and I, it fills my heart with joy because there is a lot of chaos out there as well yeah i feel like once you meet one full catholic you begin to meet them all um which speaking of is that how you identify your practice celeste for people who don't know you or your content yeah that's a really good question and i was actually i was making an iced coffee in my kitchen before we sat down to record and i was like they're gonna ask me and I don't know. Um, so, you know, yes, I think probably that's probably the best way to identify what I do these days. Um, people always want to say like, oh, do you, are you still calling yourself a witch? And, you know, there's a lot of confusion, I think, somewhat where people are a little bit confused about the Jesus posting and they're like, what's happening? Like, are you a Christian now? <laughs> or what's going on with you? Why are you in church all the time? Um, who is this accordion priest that we keep seeing on your Instagram? What's going on? <laughs> I love that accordion priest. Listen, He's I so cute. Many things to tell you about accordion priest. I love that man. But um, <laughs> so, but I think folk Catholic is probably the best way to describe it because I am definitely not a full Catholic. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and mm-hmm. we can get into the trajectory there, but um, I'm yeah. not confirmed. I 
I am not like a legal member of the Catholic Church, right? But at the same time, I do a lot of Catholic stuff, uh, but I am still out here being a witch on the down low. I like to tell people, I guess it's not a secret anymore because I'm on a podcast about it, but I like to tell people that I'm like low-key a witch, but publicly a Christian. Just like, you know, like a mm. little old church lady. I'm just like a little yeah. old church lady. <laughs> oh, 100. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. That's how I identify too. It's like I, you know, I, you know, out in the, you know, in the real world when I'm not like in any way like um, representing my online, you know, identity, um, you know, I am just like a churchgoer, right, <laughs> you know, to right. like to the untrained eye. I am just a churchgoer because when it comes to my craft, I move in secret. You know, I move in silence. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that's if it's like, you know, disconnected from my social media and from my business. Like, yeah, it's not something that I necessarily advertise. I do tuck in my my amulets every once in a while, depending on what I'm wearing, depending mm -hmm. on where I'm going. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to mass, I my my. Even though I know that there is nuance to this subject, <laughs> having a pentacle a pentacle around your neck or a pentagram around your neck is not necessarily anti-Christian. We right, all know right, this. Right. There is yep. his, there is historical, you know, there is historical evidence that the pentagram and the pentacle are actually Christian idols or Christian symbols. Um, but you know, for for the you know the the blissfully ignorant or you know common churchgoers they wouldn't recognize that as something that was right. necessarily christian so yeah you know i like i said i move in silence and there are times where i do feel kind of subconscious where i'm like sitting in a pew and just like are they sniffing me out do they oh, know there's totally. a witch in their yeah midst, you know yeah totally. i feel that way too i mean like anytime i enter a church i always have to make sure my santa muerte stuff is mm -hmm. is hidden because mm -hmm. that's so a big stigmatized folk saint within the catholic church and then um you know being male presenting i still get like looks as to like why i keep my head covered during mm. mass but luckily the church i go to is like pretty progressive and i haven't had anyone say anything or do anything in terms of like telling me i couldn't wear it sure. whereas uh i don't remember if i shared this experience on the show but there was a, a church i went to in sf because they have 24 7 eucharistic adoration which is such a powerful beautiful experience oh my god um but it was the first time i had gone while well, i had started veiling and for whatever reason i felt called to go to like the very very front pew um in front of the altar where the eucharist was and that's like upstage where and this is a very conservative church i learned like one of the most conservative in the entire bay area yeah. and so i see all these other ladies with their mantillas and their and their veils on and i remember as soon as i kneeled down um on the pew i was at um someone like made like a sound and was like to me and was like oh like take that off like these are only for women and i kind of just gave her that white person smile of mm-hmm and then like <laughs> turned around and like continued to pray and i heard her mumble some shit under her breath and it was i called you voga actually shortly after this happened i remember um and i was like it was really disappointing i haven't been back since because it just like i felt not shame per se but like i didn't like feeling like i was being shamed in that moment yeah. um and so like yeah just being witches being catholics and learning how to to navigate these spaces and which identities to present and and I not know. be ambiguous with in certain spaces it's it's something else I remember when Riot, you messaged me that, and I was just like, let her be a woman. Let her be yeah. a woman in mass. I mean, also, like, how are you going to sit in mass as that as that person, right? And give a fuck about what somebody else is doing. Like, what, mm -hmm. what, like, adore the Eucharist. That's what you're here to do. Right. Come on, lady. Right. Get it together. I, like, right. I really wanted some Eucharistic miracle of Jesus just jumping out of that bread yeah. and, like, chastising her for chastising me. <laughs> Because I'm like, how are you going to be judgmental right now when we're sitting in the like literal face of Christ, who yes. is 
the least judgmental, most loving person that you're going to meet. And you're literally, be like, like you a, need to take your veil off. Oh my God. Probably the most holy and most sacred symbol in church being the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. You're being that person, really. Mm-hmm. Right. You are going to turn around, like, you're in the presence of the body and blood of Christ, and you're going to turn around and judge others. Really? Yeah. Like that's, you kind of, I think you, I think she might have forgotten she was at church for a second. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Her internalized homophobia might have just kind of, or not her internalized homophobia, her her internalized transphobia actually mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of. Um, mm-hmm. Her her externalized transphobia. Enter the tra- in fact. external. Like, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> explicit. Yeah. Explicit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's fine because my brother's going to teach me how to do communion because he and I got. Um, or became ordained Christian ministers through the same online organization. And so technically we could celebrate communion. So he's going to help me learn the liturgy so I can do that. And then I could just make my own Eucharistic adoration at home and not have to deal with, you know, scraggly old women telling me what to do. (laughs) Right. I'm going to have to call you actually, when you learn that, because I actually um, have my own, Transubstantiation that I'm that um, that is very unofficial, and I know it's going to get me in trouble. Um, so, <laughs> and but because I wrote it myself, and it's very um, esoteric. I like so, that and it's and it's private, and there's only been one other person who's actually heard it, and that was Francisco because we were doing it during a ritual. But anyways, I'm going to have to learn if you are willing to divulge that. I would love to hear because I, I know the steps because. I go to, okay, let me just, we're going into, um, this is going to be my part where we talk about like how we're doing lately because we're, yes. we're going to do that next. But this is what I'm going to tell you because I've been going to um, Episcopalian church mm-hmm. and um, the Episcopalian church that I go to has um, a common book of prayers. And the common book of prayers has basically step-by-step what the Holy Communion looks like, how the transubstantiation works. So there's little, there are these little blocks in between that, is the celebrant praying over the bread and the wine. I don't know what those prayers are. <laughs> so like, that's the only thing I'm missing. I know the steps. I have everything laid out. I, I just have like, it's kind of like a, a code that I'm trying to uncode or decode. It's like that last piece. So I'm going to need, I'm going to need that information. I will pay you for that information. Even if you, you know, you can buy the book that they use during mass, the Rituale Romanum. I want to write it myself, actually. Wait, what is a jumping up point? The Roman, the Roman Missal, the Roman Ritual. That's what they, the book that they read out of when they perform the transubstantiation. Oh, I didn't know that. See? Yeah, yeah. There I'm like, oh, you, you could just buy the book and then <laughs> you'll have. See, it. I didn't even know that. See, I didn't even know that because I, I tried to look, I looked for it online, and it's, it's so hard to find, and it's really there are pieces missing out of it. Mm. Anyways, mm. but, um, Voga, how you doing? Um, okay, so, um. <laughs> Voga's doing okay. Voga actually just recently went through a little bit of an anxiety episode at the beginning of this week. Um, there was there are some things going on in my personal life, in my work life, that was really driving me crazy. And um, there's something. It's not entirely other people's fault. A big part of it was me. Um, I was doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing, and you know, I was I was slacking off, and I was you know, there's it's just things. I my ADHD got the better of me, and I became unmotivated, maybe, maybe very lethargic, and so I didn't perform well at work, and you know, people started to notice, and I got called out, and I don't like being called out, even though I'm wrong, you know. <laughs> it's not. Who does? It's not my no style. Yeah. Yeah. Really? No, I don't. But I also don't deal with it well. I'm just I, I get angry because I feel like it's an attack. You know, it's a, it's one of my toxic mm-hmm, traits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I become very, um, I become like a hermit, you know, I become very, um, what do you call it when you like kind of bring yourself in? Like you're like just introverted? So, 
Yeah, I become very like withdrawn. Yeah, I become Mm. very withdrawn, very quiet, very kind of short with people, you know. Mm. And then so I expected because Rye and I were actually supposed to um, record on Tuesday. And I Mm. said, we need to reschedule because I am not in a good place. I can't I couldn't even get myself to like sit and do my makeup because I was Mm. just so like all I want to do is like lay in bed. Mm -hmm. Like it was just one of those things, you know, but now. Sounds like depression, hun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what it, 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 it's a it's a domino effect for me because like once once things kind of happen where I be I, I go through the, the, the these episodes of anxiety, I realize like it's like that whole hopeless like I don't know where I'm do what I'm doing. Like I get myself into this rut, and I'm just like, what am I doing with myself? I feel so lost, mm-hmm. and then I go into like this little cute little depression, and it always happens when the weather is heating up. It happened to me last year. Why you were there? Fascinating. It always happens. And I told you, I remember I told you that my seasonal depression is backwards. My yeah. seasonal depression starts when the weather gets warm. Hmm. Um, yes, I, I'm pretty sure there are other people who experience the same thing as I do. I, I think don't you're a vampire. Like yeah, yeah. I don't even know why you have to question that. That is exactly what I am. <laughs> All evidence but, um, pointing to this for sure. Hello? I mean, look at her. Look mm-hmm. at her. She looks like she just came out of coffin. It's true. I am currently in a coffin. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but it's, it's the things that have, the, the part that really has grow. I have grown into was picking myself out of it, like taking myself out of it because these episodes would last weeks and now they just last days. And it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I've had to work on um, over years and years and years and years of work. Um uh, a big part of it is my spiritual court, which we will get into um, today because they really do every single time they help pull me out of it. Um, but Beautiful. I'm going to throw it to Celeste. How is Celeste doing? How are you doing? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's been a year. Um, yeah. Wow. Huh. Um, I also had a weird start to the week like I had a really nice weekend and then Monday I felt like the energy just like shifted nothing happened per se but Mm -hmm. I just felt I don't know if it was like the pre-eclipse energy or what it was but something just shifted and I suddenly found myself like deeply analyzing myself and like the way that my own it's funny that you know the way that you're talking about you know you reflecting on your own actions and how it might have put you in a in a spot this week and Mm -hmm. you know I was kind of in the same situation where I was just suddenly faced like had a real bizarre gnarly dose of reality where I was like oh no my propensity to like fantasize and like stay in this like daydreamy imaginal like projecting myself into the future space is really damaging me because I can't be in the present and I can't see what's actually realistically in front of me and that's really just I'm hurting my own feelings and a lot of these like emotional situations and it was very sort of like dark night of the soul on monday and tuesday but weirdly weirdly even though today is like technically eclipse day right and everyone's like oh god the eclipse um i feel much better today i don't know why that is which is cool um we beat the curve for some reason i have no idea (laughs) we're we're early i love that for us because exactly we're early (laughs) yeah isn't mercury retrograding soon yep yep it's Mm -hmm. it's the double whammy of everything but i mean since the beginning of the year like i broke up with my partner of eight years in january um, which was ultimately a very good thing, but it's a very big adjustment when you break up with like a very long-term partner who you've been living with for a long time and you know your lives are very enmeshed and 
his family was my family and now I'm dealing with like the whole thing of like I'm so alone in the universe and so there's been a lot of like moments of that but that's you know I'm sure we'll talk about it later but um that's what precipitated me like hardcore going back to church early this year because my life was just spiraling completely out of control (laughs) oh my gosh and i want to talk about that too because Mm -hmm. you went through you you did like this really beautiful pilgrimage that i really really want to talk to you about definitely but before we go into that ryan my darling darling friend how are you doing Mm. You know, um, I think I'm coming to terms that I think I might have depression. So, stop. <laughs> Are you serious? How no, did I know before you did? I, no, but um, you know, since we're on the topic of mental health, which we are all allies and advocates of here for, but um, of course. you know, as I'm literally becoming a mental health professional, sure. Um, yeah, no, I'm just like I think I need to like look for a psychiatrist and see um, into like some medication. But I'm yeah. also I've been feeling really called and drawn, but mostly called to journey with psilocybin because the last time I did it is actually the day that I consecrated, finished my consecration of myself to Guadalupe, which was December fifteenth of twenty twenty one. Transformative, beautiful. Yeah. Um, highly recommend ten out of ten. Chef's kiss. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just I feel like people keep offering me it or talking to me about it. And so I'm actually planning on journeying with it this weekend. Even my therapist was like, I think that what you're struggling with could maybe benefit from yeah. doing that. Um, so what I think I'm going to experiment with doing is going to mass Sunday morning and then mm-hmm. journeying with psilocybin right after, which I'm going to think, I don't know. I, I have a really good feeling about it and I'm really excited to do that. Um, what is that yeah. thing that you said? What, what are you going to do? What is that? journey with psilocybin what is that uh i can't remember where i read it or who said it but i i just like using that that terminology rather than like doing mushrooms like journeying with it and really working oh. with the spirit of the of the plant um, cool. as opposed okay. to just being like i'm gonna do shrooms right rather than um, like i'm gonna trip balls yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> just like, you know, replacing shrooms with like ayahuasca like journeying with ayahuasca journeying or even journeying with cannabis which is, i understand hey, gotcha. today's 420 okay. and i'm gonna puff up in a little bit have you have um, you done it before right have you like I, I have, yeah. I've done it mostly recreationally, and then I think the main spiritual time was when I consecrated myself to Guadalupe. Mm. So this will be the first time where I'm just going to lay in bed with a sleeping mask on and listen mm. to non-lyrical music and really just go as inward as possible. Oh, um, yeah. you're so I'm really going to vibe. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm really excited to like confront and heal any demons that come up, and or at least even just get to know them, so I'm more aware of what's going on inside. Mm. So maybe I won't need to see a psychiatrist because psilocybin's great for depression and anxiety yeah, um, but at yeah. the same time we want also want to advocate for the fact that if yes. you do need a professional please do go get one yes totally. absolutely 100 percent um i'm like i said i'm gonna see what happens first and then work right. from there but uh right. but yeah it's just like coming to terms with that because i always thought it was just adhd although the two very much often go hand in hand um because I, yeah, it's just been affecting so much. Like for the past year, I felt so stagnant in my spiritual practice and religious practice and it, it ebbs and flows, but when it ebbs, it ebbs and when it flows, it flows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I did some retail therapy today. I bought this beautiful shawl that I can't wait to arrive from India and I actually bought a St. Michael chaplet today. So it's very fitting for today's episode because um, I have one, but this one's going to be made out of, I think, olive wood, which I just, I like, wow. I like wood and rosaries a lot. Oh, that's yeah. very, that's very folk Italian. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Yes. So I'm super stoked to get that in the mail. Nice. Um, but yeah, with that said, Celeste, like me getting a St. Michael chaplet, I and we have you here to talk about your practice and your experience with St. Michael the Archangel, because you have a bit of a different experience than what I hear from most people regarding <laughs> connecting with him. Yeah, yeah. 
it's it's been a weird one um i feel like my my practice with saint michael really was what brought me back to the church which is really interesting like so i mean like a little tiny potted history of celeste's relationship with catholicism um i think like a lot of us in like the kind of broadly speaking folk catholic realm um i was not personally raised catholic my mom's my mom's side of the family is entirely catholic her mom extremely catholic they were all raised catholic so i went to catholic church a little bit as a kid with my grandma and with my one aunt who is still catholic but most of the kids you know my mom's siblings detached from the church when they were teenagers because they you know it was the 1950s in new zealand they all went to catholic school they were taught by nuns the nuns were insane uh and so they had like a lot of not great experiences and so most of my you know my mom herself and her siblings were just like no we're you know we're not going to go to church anymore we don't consider ourselves catholic we're not going to raise our children catholic so it was weird and i'm realizing actually just in the past couple years talking to more christians generally that even though I was not directly raised Catholic and I didn't go through all the, um, you know, all the steps as a child, mm-hmm. my conception of Christianity is still really like anchored in Catholicism just from that received like thing of having it be ambiently around me as a child. So like I'll talk to Protestants and I'll talk to like, I've got friends who are reformed evangelical Christians. I've got friends who are Baptists, you know, and I'm just like, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. Like, what do you mean that you like, like it just it's such a disconnect because like catholicism is still where my roots are and where my entire concept of christianity comes from mm-hmm. that being said um i have always kind of low-key considered myself a christian i don't think i ever really didn't have that as part of like who i was i didn't really talk about it a whole lot and i've been practicing some form of like witchcraft since i was a teenager um and i've been like a professional spiritual worker in that broad realm since I was in my 20s. Like I've been a professional tarot reader on and off since I was in my early 20s. I'm almost 37 now. Anyway, Uh, (laughs) goddamn. But um, it's weird because I just didn't talk about that side of my life and I didn't really think about it a whole lot. Like God was kind of there, but I just like didn't really have a relationship with God directly. And then I had this really scary experience in late 2020, early 2021. I'm going to lose track of my dates now, but like a couple of years ago, uh, I had a, it's a very long and convoluted experience. And honestly, it, it involves things that I probably just don't want to talk about publicly on a podcast because it's, uh, you know, a lot. But the long story short is that some people that I was associating with at the time told me that I was probably being kind of spiritually attacked Um, they were being very intense about it and about how they wanted to take care of it for me. It was very much like, oh, we have to do these cleanses and we have to do this and we have to do that. And it was very, it was pitched to me as a very like urgent situation. And I, I was feeling under spiritual attack. I was feeling like very unwell. I was having this like raft of really bad luck. I had like a pet die. There was just a lot of like very suddenly bad stuff happening. And so this felt very plausible to me. Um, And then as we were getting ready to do this particular kind of cleanse, these friends of mine were going to help me with, uh, Hurricane Ida happened (laughs) and everyone had to evacuate New Orleans. So that all got like, it was just paused. I just couldn't do it because all of us were scattered to the winds for however long, a couple of months while we were evacuated. And while I was evacuated, I got sicker and sicker. I think a lot of that in retrospect was just my nervous system being slammed from evacuating from a natural disaster, honestly. Right. Um, but I came back home after all that was over and I was, 
I really felt like I needed to deal with this spiritual attack. And I was spiraling out because I couldn't get a hold of the friends who were going to help me and I didn't know what to do. And this other friend of mine, um, you can you can find him on Instagram. He's also a spiritual worker. His name is Alexander Moore. He goes by The Hex Doctor on Instagram. Um, and he's more of a kind of conjure worker. So he kind of moves within kind of a folk Catholic realm too, but I don't think he would call himself a folk Catholic. Anyway, um, I was freaking out to him. I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, there's this thing happening to me and I'm so unwell and I can't get out of bed. And like, it was really just awful. And he was like, oh, just do a novena to St. Michael. And I remember like talking to him and being like, you sure about that? I was like, are you sure that's going to take care of this problem? I was like, this is a very serious problem, Alex. I don't think you understand. Like, it's very intense. Like, I don't know, like, St. Michael's going to deal with that. You know, these other people were telling me it was going to cost hundreds of dollars and it was going to involve sacrificing a pigeon and shit. Like, I don't know if St. Michael just, like, lighting a little candle and saying a fucking prayer for nine days is going to do too much. I was very skeptical. And Alex was just like, just do it and see. And so I did. And I have to say, like, my entire approach to this, like, I was very unconvinced. Um, I didn't feel called to do it particularly, but I was in that space of just, like, desperation. I was like, I'll try fucking anything. And you're telling me it's going to be affordable (laughs) and easy, so sure. Um, And I've been doing spiritual stuff for a long, long time. You know, I've worked with spirits. I've had a lot of intense experiences. And the first night that I sat down and said that novena prayer to St. Michael, I was like, my, I was blown away. I was like, Oh shit. Like something is in the fucking room. Like it like blew my mind. I was like, (laughs) my socks were knocked off. You know, I was like, Holy shit. It's like St. Michael is in the room with us right now. Um, And for the the following nine days, it was just incredibly intense. I started to have incredibly intense uh, St. Michael related dreams on the first night of that novena. Like it was just, it was like um, it was like a match like ignited inside me, and suddenly like this this fucking bonfire was blazing inside my soul, um, and it took care of the problem first of all. So if anyone's listening to this and they're like, "Oh God, I feel like I'm under spiritual attack," or like I'm just feeling a bit off, or like I I don't know, maybe I, someone on Instagram said they cursed me. Novenas to Saint Michael will take care of that for you uh, every damn time. It's a good practice. Uh, and it's easy. But from then on, uh, he just, he, he wouldn't go away, I guess is the best way to put it. He just uh, refused to leave. And uh, since then, St. Michael has just been extremely present. And anytime I think, I mean, you know, I have, it's not like I've tried to get rid of him. Why would you? He's great. But um, it just showing up in like these synchronistic ways like I said showing up in my dreams I had a bunch of like very weird intense like Michael related synchronicities following that novena um he just kept showing up in these really intense ways and over time it really felt like he was just prodding me to go deeper and deeper into Catholicism as a practice again. Like, it's like he showed up to do this sort of job for me. And then he was like, okay, well now I'm here and you're going to do what I say. So get your ass to mass, bitch, essentially. Um, (laughs) I do fully believe that St. Michael would call someone a bitch too. I think that's very much his style. (laughs) Cheers to that. We call him spicy. Oh. We call him spicy Mike in my Discord server. <laughs> spicy Mike is a great Mike. nickname for Michael. Honestly, spicy very Mike. spicy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is very yeah, spicy. It's, it's always those dark nights of the soul that lead you to profound 
I mean, it's Easter season, you know, death, rebirth, and resurrection through mm-hmm. discoveries of new pathways. And it sounds like in your case, it was it was St. Michael. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I from that point, I was just very sort of fascinated because like I said, I'd worked a lot with spirits. You know, I have this entire other side of my practice that is more sort of a traditional witchcraft practice. And so I do work with spirits a lot. That's something I'm used to. But this was like an intensity that I had not experienced before. And and that fascinated mm-hmm. me. I was like, whoa, what, what's that about? So I listened to a lot yes. of podcasts of other people talking about their experiences with, with Michael. Um, and I read a lot, you know, and I was, I was really diving deeply into just the, the lore, I guess, of St. Michael generally. But I, but I think you're right, Ray, when you said, you know, my personal experience seems to differ a little bit from what other people sometimes report with Michael, which I think is fascinating. Like, I'm not sure why that is, but um, yeah, it does. There, there are definitely some differences in like how I seem to experience. I was talking to someone about this the other night because people will say, well, Michael's an archangel, right? And he's got this very, he's huge. He's like a big, expansive, intense energy. And so Mm. people will say like, it's hard to have a personal relationship with St. Michael because he, he's too big. Like he's, he's so big and he's doing all this big, like world, world protecting stuff so like why Mm -hmm. would he care about you specifically and i'm like well i don't know why he would but apparently he does like i don't know what to tell you right well that that is an an explanation as to why is never necessary because it's not up to us it's up to them um but i mean the the thing that you're that you keep talking about in regards to the the energy and the presence of michael is this very very intense mm. very hot mm-hmm. um you know n- not hot as in temperature wise but hot as in energy wise very yes. energetic mm-hmm. very very um uh active yes, right 100%. and the reason I, I I have been trying to cultivate a relationship with Michael for the better part of a year and a half. Rye has been through this journey with me, more or less. Um, I have put it on the back burner for now because I don't think it's the time. Mm. Um, but there was a there was a time in my life where I really, 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 really wanted to connect with St. Michael for some reason. I have no idea why. And because everything that St. Michael is a patron saint of, I am not down for it. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's, right. he's yeah. very militant. Yes. He's very um he's an authority, right? He's very um he's very much um like I said, very militant. And there's something about that I there's something about that that makes me very uncomfortable. Totally. Um, yeah. And I've said this before in a different in another episode. I think it was with um, Michael Terrace McQueen when we were talking about Saint Magic, I think. Um, yeah. Where I felt like Michael was kind of like that really, really hot jock. That, oh my god, like, I listened to that episode. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Where he's where he's like that really hot jock in high school that will pull down your pants, but then he'll like go down on you in the bathroom. You know what I mean? He's very that where he Amen. does have like this this idea like I have a reputation, but like like I get, I, I get you. You know what I mean? Like I need to. It's in a some in some way, it's like spiritual corruption. I don't know. There's there's like <laughs> there's this. I I don't know. I'm I'm developing this kind of strange UPG when it comes to my idea of Michael because of the way he doesn't interact with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there there was a there was a good like two month like period where I was trying to connect with Michael as a psychopomp 
that didn't work um because he is that is one of his aspects he is a psychopomp he is one of those he's one of the spirits that guides people to where they're supposed to be going that didn't work for me i was trying to incorporate him into my my ancestral practice so i had to put michael on the back burner for the time being because i don't know how to work with him properly he hasn't and i don't think i don't think i need him and i think that's the reason why yeah um and it's very obvious that you very much needed him for that time that you that you went through. And that's the reason why he answered so quickly, because there are times where people reach out to him totally. and he doesn't. But I also think that there are kudo points that Michael appreciates, like just being Italian mm. will or, you know, because, it, you know, Italian, uh, you know, the Italian heritage and the like, Italian history is so rooted in Michael because Michael is so important to them mm-hmm. where he goes, your bloodline. And what your ancestors did for me earns you my, you know, earns, like, you deserve my my attention. Absolutely. Just from Just from that. You know what I mean? Um, that's not the same with, with my heritage, definitely. My heritage and my, you know, the Catholicism that exists in the Philippines is very centered around Mary mm. and is very centered around Christ and, and the saints. So, um, you know, angels are a little bit different. We call upon them, but we don't necessarily cultivate, you know, very deep relationships with them so it's interesting to hear um because this is not the first time i've heard someone who has a relationship with saint michael where michael came to them Mm -hmm. you know i just feel like michael's like pointing those like you fucking queer you know what i mean so (laughs) gosh darn it michael get it together (laughs) michael and that lady in mass just get get it together you guys i know but i don't think i don't think that michael is inherently transphobic i don't think (laughs) uh, michael is inherently homophobic in any way but i don't think i think michael is selective i think michael is very exclusive like exclude like you need like a membership card like michael's costco (laughs) you know I'm dead. Oh, I like, love this. Michael's Costco, Michael is Sam's Club. Like you need, you know, to pay a, a an annual yeah. fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. what that looks like, I guess, looks different to everybody. And I do love jock <laughs> these days. What can I say? You know, I've I've been swayed to the dark side with my jock boys. So you know, thank you, Saint Michael, <laughs> for that too. Good job. I I've always liked the jock. It's like I think that's probably where it was. Where and my 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 the effigy that I have for Michael, the the image that I have for Michael is very much, very much that. Like I chose that <laughs> on purpose. I knew what I was doing when I chose that specific statue because oh, he looks see it like now. i want to see like jock michael <laughs> I'll, I'll send you i'll send you i'll dm he's you a here. picture of him he's yeah here. because he's very much he has like this like like shoulder length like hair very wavy very and he's holding instead of like being like stepping on the devil he's holding an enormous dragon head like it's like a it's this like half of his body <laughs> it's a really beautiful statue but it's 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 very specific. It's very queer. Whoever designed this statue was definitely gay. First <laughs> um, at the very least, by you know, and um, for I'll actually post a picture on my Instagram so people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but um, but anyways, so but before we go into like the folk Catholicism and the your relationship with with Saint Michael, what does your practice look like separated from Catholicism? Like, what does mm. your traditional witchcraft look like? What does that look like? Hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, so I would say that you know, 
my practice evolved a lot over the course of the pandemic, which I think is probably true for like a lot of us, um, even those of us who had, you know, had a practice prior to the pandemic. I think something about just having that concentrated amount of time for many of us to kind of like slow down and and dig deeper into what we were doing. I think a lot of people had that sort of transformative experience. So pre-pandemic, you know, I've always I've always done divination. I've always worked with tarot cards. I've always, loosely speaking, been in sort of a witchy realm, but it wasn't. Um, I guess it wasn't like focused on any one particular tradition. Like I don't have any initiations. I'm not, you know, I'm not a joiner. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, um, <laughs> don't love a group. So I'm not, you know, I've never done any of that. But um, I started to really feel like I I wanted that at a certain point, um, sort of leading into the pandemic. And so I was kind of exploring my options, but I fell really intensely down the sort of rabbit hole of what I guess you would most accurately call like British traditional witchcraft. I was born in the UK. So I have that, um, sort of part of my history that I don't talk about a whole lot, to be honest with you, because I have some problems with just the whole idea of like identifying or, or, cleaving too tightly to like this is where I'm I don't know it's a whole complicated thing for me mostly because I'm was born in England but then I moved when I was 10 and then I grew up in Australia and then I've been here for 11 years so I'm like where even am I from who knows I have some Eastern European heritage it's a whole crazy chaotic mess and I'm never (laughs) sure what to make of it but because I do have this um sort of rootedness in the United Kingdom. And that's always felt sort of spiritually like my home. I did spend most of my childhood there. That's where a lot of my family are from. Um, I sort of started to look more into British traditional witchcraft, which deviates a little bit. Well, it deviates significantly from sort of Wicca and things like that. But but there's sort of, I would say, commonality. There's like common roots there a wee bit. Um, and I'm sure you folks already know. But um, it it comes from folk magic in large part it's a lot of it is reconstructionism from like folk practice and and things like that regionally depending on where you're looking at um and there are streams within british traditional witchcraft that get even more hyper specific right you have like sabbatic witchcraft which is like the andrew chumley stuff um and that's the rabbit hole that i fell really deeply down because a big part of my personal practice is dreams like i have a very active dream life i have a whole other thing going on when I'm asleep is why I'm tired all the time because I'm doing a lot over there. Uh, <laughs> that's why I can't hold down a job. I've got too much going on. Um, Perpetually napping. Oh my is God, Celeste. constantly, yes. Um, and that's why when Rye was napping yesterday, I was like, please nap. Oh my gosh, it's so important. Get all your naps in. <laughs> nap forever. Um, but yeah, so I had never heard anybody talk about the dream space as like a spiritually... A, a spiritually alive, spiritually potent space that you could utilize until I read Andrew Chumley's work. Um, and he has a, um, he's deceased now, very unfortunately, but he has a short, um, a short book called Mysticism, Initiation and Dream, which is essentially just a short essay on the significance of dreams within spiritual traditions. Um, and then he, his kind of magnum opus is uh, a grimoire called Azoatia, which you can buy still but copies are like seven hundred dollars or something insane they're like very expensive but both of those texts you know i dove into and i had this very emotional experience where i was like holy shit you know someone is talking about magic and about spirituality and about witchcraft and about practice 
in a way that like instantly just resonates with me, you know? And so I had this very emotional sort of come to Jesus moment. Now I wouldn't, well, not really come to, it's kind of come to the opposite of Jesus a little bit um, <laughs> now that I think about it. But um, concurrently to all of that, there was a lot of stuff happening in my personal life. I met some people who really um, kind of blew my spiritual practice wide open. One of those people um, is the astrologist Sasha Ravage. Like I had a session with her early on in the pandemic, um, I think, or, you know, yeah. Sometime during 2020, I think, was when I had my session with her. And she saw some stuff. She she does this, or she used to do this thing where she would scry your natal chart. So she's not just giving you a natal chart reading. She's also kind of scrying to see what spirits are in there. And, oh, my God. Um, that sounds incredible. Very cool. Yeah. I'm not actually sure if she still does it, but she does still work with clients. So it's worth looking her stuff up and, and seeing because um, it was a very valuable experience for me and, you know, really did blow my practice wide open. But um, she saw some stuff in there that really resonated with me there was no way she could have seen it but she did and she accurately sort of all these links started coming together I guess is the best way to put it um and I felt like all these different pieces of my spiritual journey that I'd been trying to figure out for decades were suddenly kind of coming together and so I guess to to very long-windedly answer your question um the witchcraft part of my practice occupies some sort of area similar to British traditional witchcraft and sabbatic witchcraft. It's it's in this sort of folk magic of England space. Um, a lot of it is intersects with like fairy faith, which, you know, is something that, you know, you see seeded through the British Isle and also Isles? Isle. What? The British Isle? That's like an isle in a church. The British Isles. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, you see it seeded through there and you see it seeded through, you know, um, you know, Celtic and Irish practice and things like that. But um, so that is, that is one major part of my practice. And, and practically, you know, that looks like doing a lot of spell work for people, for myself, you know, working with spirits that are not saints or, you know, within mm-hmm. that kind of Catholic pantheon. Yeah. Um, and, and for a while, I was really struggling with that because I was like, oof, you know, this feels very at odds with the Catholicism piece of the puzzle. And then I started realizing no no it's not a a lot of my ancestors were doing this Mm -hmm. stuff concurrently so many parallels to Mm -hmm. to what my witchcraft and what my devotional and churchy Mm -hmm. stuff so many parallels yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i totally understand Mm -hmm. yeah and the fairy faith is really interesting in that way as well because you see that um arising a lot in countries that that did have this very strong Catholic basis as well. You know, you have these people who very strongly believed that the you know, fairies were real and that they were spirits that you had to appease or that you could work with and you could have familiar spirits, but also you're going to get your ass to church every Sunday and go do mass about it, you know? So I, as much as this is not something I would ever talk to my priest about and be like, by the way, did you know uh, I'm hanging out with fairies a lot, you know, I'm not going to talk to my priest about that, but um it, it, really? Do they <laughs> do they wear rainbow flags and short shorts? Right, right. In the city of New Orleans, you know, the priest would be like, "That's cool. That's chill. Whatever." They're masked every Sunday. We're cool. Um, Very progressive. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, not all the not all churches hashtag in New Orleans, but uh, you know, right. there is there are a lot of very progressive um, parishes and um, churches within the city, which is very cool. And that's another thing. But yeah, like no, I found that those two things did slot together better than I expected them to. Not entirely, you know, and, and there right. are still people in my community now, you know, not not my local community, but, you know, my online community who I think are suspicious of the Christianity piece of the puzzle and they don't really understand how that works with anything else that I'm doing. And I have Christian friends who like have, you know, I had a conversation with a friend recently 
um, we were talking about, I don't know, manifestation or something. And he was like, but how does Jesus feel about that? And I was like, <laughs> I basically said, you know, I have a philosophy degree, so I can be kind of an asshole about this stuff sometimes. But I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, well, God is omnipotent, right? So like, if God didn't want you to manifest stuff, he just wouldn't let it happen, probably. You know, like if he's if he's really calling all the shots, ultimately, um, yeah. You know, and I and I told this person, I was like, you can work in a loophole, you know, and this is what we see a lot, right, with novenas and stuff. You make the petition, and then very sneakily at the end, you just like slip in, uh, if God wills it, amen. You know, like. <laughs> well, at the same time, I was like, if we want to, like, for argument's sake, it's like when we talk about working in loopholes. What is loopholes? It's really just liminality. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, being able to traverse these different realms as a witchcraft practitioner or a magical practitioner and mm -hmm. also a Christian or a Catholic at the same time, mm -hmm. to be fair, I think is something that we are able to do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, the fact that like all of these things are like, mind you, w w everything that you're talking about is exactly what I talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just very refreshing to hear commonalities in other people's practices. Because mm -hmm. I remember maybe like a year ago when I first or a year and a half ago, when I first started following Celeste, I know that Celeste was go really going into the crit. Like she was really bringing the church to her Instagram feed, and you were really rocking the boat. Like people, people were, were not happy about that. <laughs> yes, they were not happy. And I mean, th there was at one point even Celeste, we got involved. I don't want to you know name names, mm -hmm. but we got involved because you dropped our names in in a conversation, and then they just someone decided to say something about. Oh God, it got really messy. It but it so that was silly. also really. I, but this it was is so silly. This is what you realize, though. I think, right when when you start speaking, um, and, and you know, I feel like I'm just like metaphorically putting on my Jesus hat. Now we're gonna like the Jesus hat is on. Now we're gonna talk about the Lord. Um, but you know, it's funny because, like I said, I do have a lot of friends who are like more straight laced, like just straight up like Christians now, um, including some conservative Christians, right? And they will talk about like you know people hate christians and people hate god and like you start talking about those things and you're gonna like you know the world is gonna hate you and that's like very much a narrative i think particularly in evangelical circles it's like oh well you know we, people hate us because we talk about god and while i think that sometimes that rhetoric can be leveraged particularly by the christian right in a way that's very victimized victimization -y, you know and they self-victimize and it becomes quite toxic but I think we've all experienced that, yeah, like even even as like, you know, as queer people or as people who are very clearly not in in the Christian right, you open your mouth and you start talking about Jesus and people people don't like that much. You yeah. know, they have some problems with it. Um, and it was very interesting to witness that, you know, people that I had considered friends were suddenly like accusing me of being like a shill for the Vatican or something. And I was like, what, what do you think I'm what out of here doing? Fuck? Like, <laughs> You think I have the Pope on the line, and he's like calling right. me and like Celeste? Could you make an Instagram right. post? Like I, like very weird, very weird. And, and you know, the, obviously, there's the anytime you start talking about Catholicism, people understandably have some very strong feelings about it, and I don't begrudge them for that whatsoever. But sure. it it becomes this thing of like oh, you're going to church or you're going to a Catholic church or you're talking about Catholicism, oh, you must be okay with child abuse. And it's like, no, yeah. like... <laughs> like, stretch before you reach that far. <laughs> yeah. It's such, like, right, exactly right. It is such a reach. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, okay, it's a reach in the context where you're conflating something that is, that is and 
that isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sexual assault, trigger alert, uh, tr- trigger warning, sexual assault, rape, and the sexualization and the exploitation of children is not Catholicism. Right, right. <laughs> Those two things are not happening. They are being done by Catholics. Right. <laughs> or people who claim to be Catholics, but they're also being done by people who are not Catholic. They are being done by other mm-hmm. people. They, it, it's, it, it, does, it does exist on other, you know, on, in a different capacity. But Absolutely. I understand that their Catholicism is being used to exploit these these mm-hmm. these you know these mm-hmm. children yes of course sure. their power and their they're using their power to uh, you know to take advantage of course mm-hmm. i understand that but they are not one and the same you know yeah. the reason you know that it's not part of the practice you right. know it's not, it's not like part of the thing to like any kind of catholic doctrine that you got to be doing that you know and 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 right. think, you know it's 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 unfortunate because again trigger warning alert but like child abuse happens in every community you know child abuse is most likely to happen to you unfortunately if you are a victim of it in your home like exactly by someone that you know yeah yeah, by a relative um and it happens a lot you know i I don't know if if y'all are big documentary watchers but last year i watched the hillsong documentary and i had no idea that like hillsong the evangelical church had so many sex abuse scandals um and it absolutely does it happens in protestant churches it's not a catholic Mm -hmm. problem but i think because it has become such a um, and, and understand again, understandably so, because there is a problem with it or within the Catholic Church. But it's become so it, that connection has been made, right? Like with with the media yes. and with like people, understandably, but in a way that now now your little old Nana who's going to church on a Sunday is suddenly a terrible person because she goes to church mm-hmm. on a Sunday, and it's like no, she's just Nana. She's just living her best life. Like let's mm-hmm. leave leave Nana alone. Leave Nana. Yeah. Alone. Right. <laughs> that, that this makes me want to segue into a question that I'm that I'm curious about, Celeste. Of mm. like, so obviously Saint Michael the Archangel is often the patronage of of cops and and the military. And I'm curious for you and your particular practice, have you found any specific patronages just between you and Michael that don't fit in the traditional umbrella, or like how does how does Saint Michael and you like how? How does he show up for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought you were going to ask me for a second there. I thought you were going to like put me on the spot and be like, how do you feel about the military? And I was about to just like jokingly be like, I love cops. They're my favorite. Um, <laughs> me and cops, best friends. Um, but- I'm going to make that a sound bite and take it out <laughs> yeah, of context. Yeah. No, put it on Twitter. Oh my God. I'm, I'm due for a good canceling. Listen, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. Um, but yeah, no. So for me, and, and I was going to say this earlier, actually, because we were talking about, you know, how St. Michael will show up sometimes for people very loudly and strongly. Prior to working with um, Spicy Mike, I had been having for years um, these, like, recurring exorcism dreams where, like, I was the exorcist. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. It's unnerving. I don't recommend it. I was not a... I'm not a big fan. Every time it happens, I wake up and I'm like, I didn't need that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and, and again, this was all pre-going back to mass, pre-coming pre back to the church, but I would have dreams where I was like speaking Latin and exercising demons, and I would wake up and just be like, what the fuck was that? Um, and I had a couple of readings about it, you know, with people I trust. I was like, does Jesus want me to be an exorcist? Because I don't think I have time, honestly, or like the energy for that. I'm chronically ill. We can't be. It's not a thing. Um mm. But for me, I think Michael does have that association with like, he's like God's exorcist to me, you know, like that's, that's how he's, he shows up for me specifically in that protective capacity, but very much in that, like, 
spiritual purification capacity. Um, and, and that's, I think that is, you know, in the lore, I think that is, you know, something that he is sort of loosely, I, I think, right? Like that's something that people. I'm pretty sure that exorcists call upon St. Michael. Yeah. But, but oh, you're, 100%. but you're right. He is most commonly though, like the cop angel and, and the military angel. Um, but for me, that's, the, that's the delineation. It's very much this sort of, um, this exorcist angle that he shows up as. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense because uh, I have some of his relic stones from, from Gargano, the cave, mm-hmm. and they're so fucking rad. But I was reading how exorcists will often employ those in, in exorcisms. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, it's very interesting. Actually, the other night I had a, a weird dream that was like, a, you know, I get little alarm bells sometimes in my dreams where, you know, someone will just be like, ooh, ooh a spirit will be like, hey, you got to pay attention to this. Something's happening. Uh, and yeah, the other night something told me like just put put those stones by your bed before you go to bed like just mm. put, put them down there um yeah anyone who's listening you can you can get your own saint michael cave stones from uh, hoodoo moses still has them in stock i think um yeah really... you can buy them directly from the, oh, the sure shrine too can. i I, yeah, yeah. I totally support hoodoo moses but i know i'm not 100 percent sure why but i know his are quite more expensive yes, than yes, the 15 dollars sure. donation to the shrine oh i didn't or know that a, actually that's very cool yeah there's also a great etsy store called uh, DNJC that sells a bunch of third class relics oh, and so cool. um, you can get, get the stones out. along with like a I think it's like a 20 pack of St. Michael prayer cards that have all been touched to the stone so like they're technically third class relic prayer cards as well oh, that's um, we love yeah. a wholesale prayer card we do <laughs> Oh my god. Costco St. Mike. Hand them out to all your friends who are beset by demons, yeah. which is probably a lot of your friends, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to I, I, I've had trouble unpacking his association with cops in the military, yeah. but also realizing that was those were patronages put upon him On by him. the institutional yes. church. Absolutely. Because like there's I don't know if it's canon or not, but there's some sources or folklore that say like Saint Michael's the one who caused the miracles when the um Israelites were being exiled mm-hmm. um from or during the exodus from Egypt of like he was the one who parted the Red Sea mm-hmm. or created the fiery tornadoes. So I also see Michael or Mikael, um if we want to go the Hebrew pronunciation way of like this this bringer of miracles and also in a way like terror too like the actual like kind of like awestruck fear not as in scared but fears and like oh my god like what oh my god um of like this miracle that's happening and also like i see him as like the the protector of the marginalized and 100 yeah, so, so rather than representing those harmful systemic patriarchal institutions of of the military and and cops like rather he's the protector the warrior that stands in front of those marginalized and oppressed yes. peoples yeah i like Absolutely. that a lot. Yeah. i like that i think the thing about it is, is that, I mean, because this is like bringing me back to um, the Black Lives Matter protests, mm. because mm. I remember Twitter was on fire for that year. And one of the things that I remember seeing on, you know, on the conservative side of Twitter was people were posting St. Michael like mm. images mm-hmm. and praying for the cops. And I was like, babe, you don't understand. When you say St. Michael is the is a patron saint of police officers or for for cops or whatever what it really means is he is the patron saint of justice yeah that's right this mm-hmm. is not justice work right this is the, the, he's not the patron saint of police officers because they are police officers mm-hmm. they are he is the patron saint of police officers because they're supposed to represent justice right and serving the community so when you're saying 
you're praying, you're asking St. Michael to intervene in regards to protecting the cops. Babe, St. Michael's already there and he's on the streets and he's defending the people who are protesting mm -hmm. yeah. because they, they represent justice. Mm -hmm. And that's what St. Michael also represents. You see what I mean? So it's yeah. just like, right. It's not like St. Michael, like trotted down to the local like precinct and got like a, an honorary badge and was like, I'm one of y'all, right. you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> he's got his little hat like, you think on. St. Michael is <laughs> St. Michael's going to come down on the street and say, like, are you a cop? Because if you are a cop, I am on your side inherently yeah, no. because you're a cop. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's stupid. It, first of all, when you say that, it is actually ridiculous to hear, right? It sounds <laughs> yeah. like a ridiculous, it's yeah. a ridiculous patronage um, because it doesn't make any sense. It, it, when you really think about it, if you really think spiritually, the aspect mm -hmm. of what Michael represents, it doesn't make any sense. It, I mean, his name literally is he who is like God or, or the question right. perhaps of who is like God. And if God is infinite mercy and compassion and justice, and you're going to tell me that that's the face of cops in the military that's mm -hmm. constantly committing mass murders and and genocide in the name of capitalism and power and greed the the math ain't math in there but that's the thing no. like i think people um can't discern between divine justice and like worldly personal justice, retribution, like personal retribution. Yeah. and and like you i think you just brought up a very salient point which is like in an ideal world would the military and would the police do their jobs in such a way that that really was you know protecting vulnerable populations and you know like i mean i'm not a big fan of the military generally but like, i'm sure someone's going to cancel me for that but like you know i'm not generally a big fan of it i do understand that we can't just be out here having completely unprotected country but like mm -hmm. you know in an ideal world the military would be serving a role in a way that is not also going out and you know fucking up other people's shit right um yeah, yeah. and i think like michael as a as a force of justice we can see why he, why that correlation was made but but the government <laughs> the government has fucked everything up like you know michael's not the patron saint of the government michael's not the patron saint of cap, of of cap, capitalism i was going to say catholicism um and, and that's and that's really it you know that the for profit piece of the puzzle here is really what corrupts everything right and the greed and mm -hmm. the and the political agenda and things like that and yeah it would be great if justice was at the core of our military and at the core of our um judicial system and all of those kinds of things but it's not. i would also read, i would <laughs> i would also go ahead and say it's like okay do you think that one angel is a is is representing such a small group of people right. just like you mm -hmm. know just as in like per capita you know like do you really think that one the literally uh i mean after lucifer god's favorite right um god's favorite angel is representing such a small group of people right when we outnumber as marginalized groups of people we outnumber you know you, you know cops and military services like like crazy you know what i mean so like really does like that's what i'm saying like it sounds so ridiculous when you really mm -hmm. when you dissect it and you really do some sort of analysis and you really kind of look everything you look at look at all of the aspects of what you're talking about mm -hmm. does it actually make sense or do you are you convinced that it makes sense because that's what you've been conditioned to believe and also your ego is way too loud right. for you to actually 
dissect anything you know what i mean yeah um celeste i'm curious uh if you have any recommendations as to sources to learn more about c michael that you've personally have dived into whether that was like webinars or books or anything that you'd like to share that that anyone who maybe doesn't have a relationship with him yet could turn to yeah so actually so who do moses whose name we invoked a moment ago um does have a book on saint michael that i really enjoy so good Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. good so that would be like I think my my number one place that I would point it's someone an, to. It's an ebook, right? It is an ebook. No, it's a we printed can get book. a printed. But does it come in an ebook form too? Yeah, I have the printed I, one. I'm not sure if you. Can I have get the an printed. E-book. I mm-hmm. yeah. I oh, I might be e-book. thinking of something else because oh, it might not even be from. I have something. You else. You might there. be thinking of the Haiti and Press mm-hmm. pamphlet. I might be thinking of that because that one's also a great source, but it have more has more roots in in conjure. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, got it. Got it. Got it. But the, yeah, that's yeah. also dope. Um, I also have. I should have picked it up. Um, maybe I should go grab it, and we should pause the recording, or like we should edit this out. But I have. Go the, ahead. Yeah, let me grab. I have a book that I, but I can't remember the title. Hold on. <laughs> She's back. I actually don't remember where I got this. Um, I feel like it almost just like turned up in my house. But um, I know earlier, Rai, you were talking about your your consecration to Guadalupe. So I picked up Consecration to St. Michael. Ooh. Yeah, it's by... Um, Oh, I cannot pronounce that name. Boy, howdy. That's that's some that's some Irish name right there. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to try. Um, but yes, Consecration to St. Michael, it looks like this. There is a name on the bottom. Can we see it? Probably not. It's I'm not going to try you. It's it's insane. But it's OK. We'll, we'll link it in the show. Notes. Yeah. Um, but this this is really cool. And particularly if you are looking to sort of develop a practice or really um you know, I mean, if you are looking to do a consecration and I mean, I did this myself last year and it's super powerful. Um, this is, this is a great little book. It's got some stuff in the beginning too, that it goes through, um, some of his like sacred sites, like places that he's turned up and, and miracles have occurred and stuff. So this is, this is a fun little one, a fun, short little book. Um, and then other than that, really, I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. A lot of what I know about Michael and have experienced, it really is just UPG. Um, which is what it is, you know? Um, Which is just as important, if not more. Yeah, I mean, to me personally, it is, you know, and it doesn't have to be for everybody else. But, um, you know, I I think I also came to some of my understanding of Michael through my Santa Muerte practice, actually, um, because, of course, he is one of the very few other spirits that she will tolerate, like, having around. um, And she's... I didn't even know you had a Santa Muerte practice. I do. Neither did I. I don't talk about it a lot, because, again, I'm not out here trying to get canceled. Um, But, but no, I've uh, I've had a Santa Muerte practice for, like, 15 years. Um, Something crazy Mm. like that. Really, really long time. I have my little little arm tattoo Mm. to her. Oh! Uh Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I've been doing that for a really long time and it's, it's just one of those parts of my practice that I don't talk a ton about, um, largely because I find that my work with her, she just doesn't really need or want me to talk about it. So I'm like, we're just, we're over here doing our thing and, you know, but, but it doesn't need to be shared. doesn't need to be right. But as, as Rai, I'm sure knows, and probably many listeners know, and I'm sure you know as well, Voga, like St. Michael is often on her altar as a sort of, um, almost like as a check and balance just to kind of like mm-hmm. chill, chill mm-hmm. things out and ground things a little bit. So I think that might've also been why he showed up for me in the way that he did like so immediately. Cause I had that very, very long history of practice with her. Um, and so he's it's very interesting. It's that also very interesting. Just, 
Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I was going to say, Celeste, I, as you were sharing, I was trying to find that book because I want to get it. It's out of stock every single really? source that I'm looking at. Really? I wish I could remember where I got it. I don't even know. Um, I might have picked it up. Uh, it actually there. doesn't exist. Only Celeste. Yeah, it's, it's just me. Um, I feel like maybe I got it, honestly, from a local Catholic bookshop. I bet if you, I bet if listeners or anyone currently in the room uh, went to their local Catholic bookshop, they might, they might find a copy. But uh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Oh, wonderful. I love it. Thank you so much, Celeste, for being here with us. That was so much fun. Yes, thank yes, you. Thank you so much. I want to plug Brother Moses one more time because he's yeah. coming out with a line of like, he makes handmade candles now. Yes. And his most, his oh my first God. One was yes. and I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't invest in one. Um, but his next candle that's coming out in May is a St. Michael. Candle. I know. I really need to save for that. I got one of the road openers. I had like a gift card because he does like amazing oh, sales every nice. so often. So I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. So I'm, I can't wait till that uh, that drops. But yeah. Yes. He's really killing the game, he's man. He's killing, killing it. it. And I will say like, not Jeez. that this is not that this is the, the Moses fan club hour, but I but I will. Say, I think it actually it is. Be, though. Yeah. Um, also, just one of the most genuinely honest, kind real people in this community like the the conversations that i've had with moses where he's just so down to earth and he's so direct and he's so real and he's so supportive like i just love that guy to death i think he's incredible hell yeah i i'm still waiting on my i think it's being shipped right now but i ordered the archangel michael oil he has and the blessed archangel michael um pendant yeah and so I'm, I'm so excited for those to arrive i have a fun like mm. baby anecdote before we it sounds like we're round and round no 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 please do um so this time last year, my beloved cat, who's over there taking up space and destroying my life, um, but he uh, <laughs> he was diagnosed with diabetes last year, and he almost died mm. thrice. Um, he went into diabetic ketoacidosis, which anyone who has diabetes or has a loved one with diabetes knows is not a good time. Um, basically, the blood turns to acid. It's a bad time. Um, and the third time that he went into hospital for the ketoacidosis, the vet was basically like, you probably want to come and like say goodbye because like this is not it's not gonna. Happen. I remember. No, I was really yeah. awful, and um, I had one of Moses's blessed uh, Archangel Michael, yeah, pendants, and I went mm. into the into the cat hospital uh, with some holy water, like a complete crazy person. I had my like little bottle of holy water and my like little blessed Archangel Michael uh, pendant, and I you know I'm crying all over the place, and I was talking to the vet, and I was like, I need you to put this under his bedding. And they were like, uh, and I was like, don't question me, just do it, please. Uh, and, you know, I like anointed him with some holy water and I like prayed uh, the Lord's prayer over him and I prayed a rosary mm. over him and I said the prayer to St. Michael over the cat, tucked the thing under his, uh, under his bedding. Literally 12 hours later, I got a call from the vet and the vet was like, he's done like a 180 and he's like fine now. <laughs> Oh, that makes my heart swell. Yeah. And do um, you want to start working here and like healing all of right, our animals? Right, right. right. And I think that's funny in a way, right? Because we don't think of Michael as um, you know, he's not the patron of pets, you know, that would I assume be St. Mm, Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh he's not typically invoked even for healing. I think that's typically Raphael, right? Um, Raphael, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet for me, Great because guy. because I have that, I think close relationship with Michael and because to me protection encompasses a lot of those things you know protection is healing protection oh, is cleansing um in that moment doing that was I mean I fully believe that that is a big part of of why he exists to this day in the other room screaming loudly at birds so yeah. 
Um, I 100% am going to validate everything that you just said, even though um, I have no proof because, <laughs> duh. Like, what else? The What else proof do you need? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. That's mm. stunning. I love that. And the funny okay. part, too, is um, the pendant like disappeared like i didn't get it back from the vet when i came to pick the cat up like i, yeah. I it's not like they were like when here's your thing like it was just gone they said we're keeping this yeah we're gonna keep pets. this yeah Yoink. yeah exactly they said we're gonna put this in a box and you need an amulet to open it you know what i mean oh, it they, went they missing it. yeah exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah no i, I exactly. love that's uh that's one small miracle that i think we can attribute on a personal level to a spicy mike 100 percent. 100 are you joking mm-hmm. well we are going to gab even further in the post show. So I, if if you are listening right now and you are not a Patreon subscriber, I would implore you to please do so. I'd say this every single episode. We do have a fun Patreon. Um, actually, Celeste is one of our patrons. So, um, <laughs> and thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I implore anyone who has not joined yet to please join. The top two tiers do um, do have access to our post shows and bonus episodes. So please, if you have not yet come and join the coven, you get gain access to early video episodes of our episode uh, of our of our podcast is what I meant to say. Um, you get bonus episodes, blog posts, et cetera, et cetera. You get, um, if you join the top tier, you get access to rise personal tarot readings, um, which are, uh, from personal experience, pretty fucking mean, but that's okay. Um, my cards don't play. Yeah. Your cards don't play girl. Oh my boy. Um, and you also get access to any artwork that I decide to put out. Uh, and, uh, Yes, I know you have one of my prints. I do several, um, in fact. Yes, you do. That's right. Um, and thank you for that too. Um, yeah, I do. I do remember you were one of the first people that I sent my Our Lady of Sorrows mm-hmm. print to. Um, so yes, you get access to all of that. We are going to be going into the post show. We're going to be gabbing about some more. Of, we're just going to be talking Gas and Celeste up for sure. So please join the Patreon. Um, before we go into our. Um, our ca- capping out this episode, Celeste, where can people find you? Mostly shit posted on the gram. Um, you know, <laughs> d- don't follow me there unless you enjoy being privy to like my sort of bi-weekly mental breakdowns uh, or, and in, you know, enjoying memes. Do you enjoy memes? Please follow me on Instagram. Um, they're not all that funny, but I try hard. Um, so it's, I'm <laughs> no, but your, your stories are also really good because you go out to your greenhouse and you take care of plants I and do. caterpillars I do. and butterflies. I do that. There's, there's that. Yeah. I walk around the beautiful city of new Orleans where I live. So if you enjoy new Orleans related content, you may enjoy my Instagram. Um, I take fo- photos of funny licensed plates we all enjoy that um oh those so, are my favorites so fun yeah. yesterday what was yesterday on god i saw a number plate that said on god <laughs> and i was like correct um so yeah you can find me on instagram at celeste mott um m-o-t-t and then celestemott.com if you want a tarot reading or i also do um spirit discernment sessions where i can go into a, a, a i can do journeying for you and see what's around you we do a little bit of that i do spell work consultation if you have a problem that you need to be solved with magic and you would like some assistance with that i can help you with that too so those are the places that i exist on the internet thank you so much again celeste for being here today thank you all for listening as always i'm your co-host Rai, aka the mestizo mystic 
And I am Voga. I am Voga Lumisenti. And I'm Celeste Mott. And I am Celeste Mott on the gram. And we will see you all for our next unholy communion. <laughs>